on the Crosstalk on WIZM. I'm Mike Hayes. Let's turn our attention to last night, and, and if we have a chance, what's next from the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse Political Science Department, Dr. Anthony Chergoski. Good morning. Thanks very much for talking with us. How was your experience last night, day four of the RNC? Well, Mike, you know, yesterday we were joking that we might wake up and Trump would still be talking, and <laughs> I don't think that was too much of a stretch. Was a lot. I mean, one. when you when you compare the length of Biden's speech to Trump's speech, I I think Trump's speech clocked in at over twice the length of time that Biden's speech did. Could be well, and and uh, you know, President Trump has a history of writing down the speech and then going off the boards halfway through the speech and then back. And uh, I noticed that he's he's on this topic. Then he ventures off to a different topic. Then he comes back to that same topic. Then he ventures off again. Then, you know, so it's back and forth. You you, you got to you need a pad of paper and a pen to keep track of all the different things he covered because he didn't cover them Mike, in a row. <laughs> Mike, I took a solid four pages of notes while I was watching the wow. speech because you know, and my conclusion was that it reminded me kind of like a State of the Union address where there's not like a single theme to it, but it's kind of a collection of different topics and a collection of different issues. There were certainly things that were emphasized more than others. I thought that the issue of law and order was probably the top theme of this speech, but there was a, there was a lot going on in the speech. And one thing that was interesting, Mike, he mentioned Biden by name 41 times. Really? So really wow. throw, throwing the kitchen sink at Joe Biden. Did it work? Do you suppose? Uh, well, and I think the base, uh, President Trump's base will never be impacted uh, negatively, certainly by anything that a Democrat would say. Uh, uh, clearly, they have tried everything, including that kitchen sink, to get him out of the White House. But what about those that are a little less uh, 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 fervent about their support for Donald Trump? Did did last night's speech do anything to solidify their vote? Mike, I think it hinges on people's perception of law and order and how they respond to that particular issue. You know, you talked about Kenosha, for example, as an example of a city that is just like out of control and mobs and all kinds of unrest and painting himself as someone who can kind of like restore order and stop the chaos. And and so, Mike, I I, I don't know how this is going to affect the poll numbers, but I think what I what I can confidently say is that it will have a lot to do with how those undecided voters and how those swing voters perceive the issue of law and order. And just do they think it's a top issue and is President Trump's message of really like restoring law and order? Is that something that really resonates with them? I, I think it really hinges on those questions. How many people in America do you think are making the uh, sep- separating protesters from rioters and what's happening. I heard a number of uh, national reports uh, yesterday and the day before talking about Kenosha protesters. It was, uh, you know, it was a calm night of protesting, except there were two deaths. So I don't know how you go to uh, to a, a protest calmly where two people are killed and you don't think of that as a riot. Mike, the latest Marquette University Law School poll asked the people in Wisconsin, do you think the protests have been mostly violent or mostly nonviolent? 
And the public was split right down the middle on that question, sure. Mike. So what I can tell you is that there is disagreement about that very issue. The public is divided on that issue, just like the public is divided on most things these days. Yeah, no kidding. I suppose when you see some photographs from Kenosha or Portland or Seattle, you maybe you would change your tune. Most people uh, are detached from all of that coverage because the national news media doesn't want to put. Interesting that uh, the, the whole if it bleeds, it leads uh, a scenario for news departments across the country doesn't take effect anymore because if it bleeds, it might be a, a Democrat making the uh, uh, pile of blood, and we don't want to cover that. Well, Mike, I think that he really did lean into that message about how these are cities run by Democrats. And so, yeah, he was saying, like, it's not his fault that there's all this uh, destruction and that there's all this unrest. It really blaming Democratic cities and really trying to make Americans worried about what's going on in the cities. And again, Mike, how people respond to his speech, the poll numbers, it really hinges on if that message resonated. Yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll see. I would love to get your thoughts, spend the weekend getting your thoughts on what's next. We'll listen to, you can take four more pages of notes if you want <laughs> on, on what's next. Let's get together next week and, and speculate uh, our guest throughout the uh, Republican National Convention, uh, Dr. Anthony Trigoski, a political scientist at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse. Thanks for talking with us this morning, really.